Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, spoilers to a novel, discussion over the basic concepts and characters of said novel, thoughts, rants, and various other things. Listener discretion is advised. Spirekin Book Corner Review, Episode 1A, Frank Herbert's Dune Discussion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Spark and Book Corner Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well. Now, just letting you guys know, this is the second part of the Spark and Book Corner Review, episode one. To see the first part, you have to go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Spirekin to see me discuss basic plot of the story and my initial thoughts. Now, to change things up a bit, this second section is going to be a little more spoiler-filled, and more importantly, it's a discussion between one other person and myself on the various books. We're trying this format out to see how it works out. Let me know what you think. If you like it, if you don't, let me know. But uh, we're starting off with one of the best people I know, someone who is really awesome to talk about Frank Herbert's Dune, because, let's be honest, I'm still a neophyte in this. So now we're in the actual cool part of the bookshelf collection. I'm being joined by someone who knows the book, and we're going to talk about it a bit. And who am I talking to? The co-creator of this podcast and someone who I haven't seen in person in, what is it, a year, two years, three years? Uh, it's actually like three. <laughs> three? No. No, it is. Oh, God, it is three years. Shit. It is. <laughs> but yes. Uh, so, Mason. Hello. It's been so long. We just hit our 400th episode of the manga review. Oh, wow. I'm yeah, just, 400. <laughs> I'm just not informed anymore on manga. I feel like I can't contribute. Oh, I just did a bunch of old school stuff. Um, the last one was one from the 60s, so it goes all over the place still. But I try my best to keep this little podcast that we started in 2008 going, and, uh, and I'm hopefully episode 500 will do a huge thing with actual video, and everyone will be there. It'll be awesome and great. Get all the co-hosts, all the old co-hosts together. Have a huge party, and they'll get really, really drunk. Or we'll have a great <laughs> cider party. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but we're all old now, so now we're going to be like feeling it the next day and complaining. Oh, yeah, we'll go to, we'll go to bed at like 9.30 the ne- that night be like, it's nap time. Right. <laughs> but let's get to it, Chai, because the book, as in the opening part we we're talking about, is that one, that amazing Dune, mm-hmm. written by Frank Herbert in the 70s. Oh, and the crazy part is uh... <laughs> the original book, according to Wikipedia, is 410 pages. This book I have is 900 pages. Oh, but it's, it might have been shrunk, though, it might because of size. That is true. It could be that, or it could be the font is bigger. I don't know, but uh, it's kind of weird saying 400 pages. I'm like, this is not right. No, it it might be because, I mean, the original, the copy that I have, we were talking about with the uh, the old 70s orange artwork. I mean, the print was super tiny. I mean, it was a trade paperback, and it was really small. <laughs> yeah, that probably could be why, because this one's decent size uh, font. It's like, um, I think... Uh, 12 or 14. And, so, and I don't know if it was my copy, but like it had some weird prints. So like sometimes the font got tinier and like some places and bigger that, that just could have been the copy that I had, but no, that's in the book too. It's like whenever they're using their thought speech or if they use the voice or if they, uh, so is that kind of that random? So. Oh, then I don't know then. Uh, but yeah, so 
uh, Dune, Arrakis, Desert Planet. Uh. This book, one, it has some of the best world building I've seen since Tolkien. It's got such an elaborate world, just the little nuances, like the fact that all the freemen, like, they're so obsessed with water. Like, the fact that when um, Duncan first... Oh, go on. Fremen. Fremen. Sorry, the Fremen. You're right, the Fremen. Okay. But when the Fremen uh, first meet Duke Leto, and Duncan brings them in, he spits on the table, and at first everyone's like, oh my god. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is, he's giving his his water to you because the, the emphasis on water with the Fremen is so important. It's like your the, the water of your life is for the, the Fremen. It's for the tribe. Yeah. It's a gift of water. Like any kind of moisture that you could possibly think of is considered to be extremely precious. So, I mean, um, for instance, when you cry, that's giving water to the dead or, you know, in the book, that's something that Paul does. That's considered a, a really profound gift of uh, sincerity and emotion and because you're actually giving your life force. And it, it's such a good – and one of the things I really love about this book is that emphasis on the, the different styles and all the little things here and there. And the fact that it's a, it is a fiction book that Frank Herbert said is not science fiction because it's, it's in the future, but there's no real technology. And I do like that it's because according to the older books, the Jihad of Dune, they explain the whole robot war and all that. Or yeah, they're they're, they're, his son released prequel books um, that explain actually a bunch of that. It's mm-hmm. the Butlerian Jihad. And um, yeah. there are a couple more. But it's cool that this focuses on the people. And that's one of the best parts about this is that it focuses on the internal conflicts and it's more here's about people we're not focused on the technology of this future even though there are some elements which are kind of well let's let's take the band-aid off we'll get to it um i love the world building i love the mythology frank herbert can't write for shit and going back to the first episode of the spark monger view he comes across a little pretentious at times but I mean, it works for Baron Har- Harkonnen because he is totally pretentious. You know, that second chapter about him going on and on and on about what could be two sentences about how he's going to take out the, the Atreides. See, I think I don't call think of it as being um, pretentious. I think he's just very detailed. You know, I think of George R. R. Martin level detailed, except with Frank Herbert, it's just it all comes out. <laughs> he has no filter. Yes. I mean, but he has a very clear idea of his concepts and his world and how everything interlocks together. And that's what really, I think, makes this book and and all the other books, because he has very, very clear gears in his clock. It all works in a very specific way, and it all moves in a very specific way. And he has quite a vocabulary. Um I think all the quotes at the beginning of each chapter that can get a little much because I'd love to be able to read all of them, but I get very impatient because I want to get on with the story. And that's a problem. I think I always had when I first went to read Dune, I, I already told you this, but it took me three years to finish Dune because I kept on starting it as a teenager and then putting it back down. Cause I got bored 
And then somebody finally told me, oh, you should read it because, you know, the rest of the series is so good. And I finally finished it and it was excellent. And I've loved it ever since. And I reread them so many times because there is so much (laughs) to process. I find something new every time. It's a very philosophical book. And I will say it does at one point, it clicks in all of the little pieces make sense and you get the writing, but it takes a while to get there. And it's like, for me, the point that it was is when Paul falls into the coma after drinking the water of life, that moment from then on, everything clicks. But it seems like before that it took so like the first, the first half of, the first part of Dune, which is the book called, I just think it's called just Arrakis. Um, first chapter is called Dune, just straight Dune, not Arrakis. That part, the first half is very word centric. Then when it gets to the second part, it's really detailed and some of the scenes are great, but there's some elements that seem like it's missing. Like it goes from, we're going to have this scene of Gunnery. No, is it Gunnery or is it, uh, Gurney. Gur- is it Gurney or is it Thorif who's talking to Jessica when they get to the Thufer. point? Gurney and Thufer. <laughs> Gurney and Thufer. Who is talking to Jessica in the bedroom saying, you said I'm a traitor, I'm not a traitor, you're the traitor, and they're going back and forth wondering who's the traitor. Right before Duke Leto gets gets uh, shot by the doctor. I think it's Thufer. Because I think Thufer suspects Jessica in the book. Unfortunately, I couldn't really review my copy because I don't know what happened to it, but I'm going off of memory. Don't shoot me. No, it's fine. It's fine. If if we're, we have some inconsistencies, it's fine. But it's just that sequence is a great sequence because it's showing Jessica and they're both, their suspicions. It's a great suspenseful moment. But then it seems like there's a scene missing between that and then suddenly it's Leto gets up, he walks out the door, sees um, the old Fremen woman on the floor walks there and they get shot with the dart. It's like, wait, something's missing here. But that does lead to that great sequence, which is um, the tooth sequence, which is so well done, but does feel like they could have explained if Harkonnen was closer to him or not, or moving. It felt like they didn't explain his distance. Yeah. You know, the first book is actually one of my least favorite only because there, it does seem to be disjointed. I, will definitely agree with you there um because i mean i finally got through dune and i got to dune messiah and i have to say the books after dune you know which sets it all up pretty much is everything works like clockwork together it's very a lot smoother there are fewer things missing gotcha Um, so so that's the trick it's well, it, it really is. Dune Messiah, especially, is an amazing book. Children of Dune, really good book. God Emperor. Then when you get to Heretics, then it gets a little, I don't know, um, disjointed again, I think. just But not as much as the first book. The first book has a lot of great moments. But, you know, as you said, they don't seem to all flow together. You know, it's like he's still kind of getting the hang of it. Like it's it's it seems like it's his first work, and I don't think it is Frank Herbert's first work. That's the thing. Hold on, I'm gonna. No, his first work is Dune, yeah. 1963 makes to 64. Yeah, it makes sense then. But now Brian I, Brian Herbert, his son, just on an offshoot note, and Kevin J. Anderson, they have written a lot of offshoot books from the original series together. It's mm-hmm. they try to emulate Frank Herbert's style, but they don't really pull it off. 
Um, there's actually, it's a much simpler read. So, I mean, if you didn't like Dune and you don't like um, his style of writing, you might find them a little easier, but it's not nearly as interesting as reading Frank Herbert. Well, I'm interested because one, Kevin J. Anderson, I love his writing. So I'm willing to, those ones I was willing, I'm willing to give a little more of a, of a chance with. And also I've heard good things about Brian Herbert. I've heard good things about all the backgrounds uh the not the prequels but they're the expanded universe of dune <laughs> yeah you could call it that that's a good way to put it the expanded universe of dune but i do got i will say and this is something kind of uh big with this no matter what i will say that the mythology is on point no matter what it's got a great world it's one which I'm kind of excited to see depicted. I do admit, I do agree with you. I do agree with you that the casting of Sharon Duncan Brewster as Dr. Liet Kynes. Yeah. That I could, at first I was like, oh no, there's no issue. But then I read, then I, then I read it. I'm like, okay, I could see why it's such a departure for the character. I mean, yes, it's a modern world and you could do a lot of explain, like say, oh, they're a, him and his uh, Dr. Kynes and his and their wife. It could be a a you know alternative gender, but it's still that feels weird. Well, they're trying too hard. That's the problem. I think I that that's the only. Oh, go on. No, it's just I am not against change. However, it, they're trying to force these characters to be other things than what they were written to be. You know, if you're going to change things like gender swap or whatever, write your own story, but don't use somebody else's. Yeah. um... Your own vehicle and your own platform. But, you know, please try to stay true to the written work, especially with a fandom as big as Dune has and as intricate as it is written. I mean, it... You change one thing, it, it almost makes it all fall apart. So, I mean, I didn't actually have a problem hearing that Dr. Kynes was a woman. But, um, I mean, I told you about my other issues with um, them making the Baron Harkonnen a straight man when he is quintessentially gay. <laughs> and it, it's, a yeah. major thing, it's a major plot point in so many of the books and that's a big thing to change and it's just because you know to what to make a political stance that's not cool <laughs> yeah and i also remember um slight spoilers for future books that you explained to me the whole curse that he got from um uh what is her name uh Gaius or mohane yes. i don't know how to pronounce her middle name oh did you look it up after i told you no, after you, I remembered it, and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" And I looked, I saw the thing of the curse. It's like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense now." But that also shows how she had to like convince him the first time. Actually, no, the first time he was for it, then the second time he went crazy, and that's when she said, "Nope, you're cursed now." And then the whole thing of him, the Benny Deserts have screwed his family over so much, but he deserves wow. it. Um, I'm because it is. Um, Stalin Star- Skarsgård, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, well, I mean... I, I do like him in things, but Baron Harkonnen is gay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they may just... 
I mean, if they just allude to stuff and they don't, they don't have to, to straight up like the in the uh, Lynch movie where you have him essentially just straight up in the after his grand plot, they just threw in the fact that he rapes that guy right there and then kills him. I don't think the they need to go that can. far. But that's the way the character is. True. True. He he really is like that. That's I mean, at least they were being true to how it was written, and the miniseries was really like toned down for Baron Harkonnen, but at least he was still gay. <laughs> I think that if they get his darker undertones, cause he is Machiavellian. He's not like a, a ha, 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 twirl my mustache. He's I've got everything laid out and played and I'm playing everybody. I could, I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to give him a chance. Um, they haven't cast, um, Fred yet. Fred, Fred, fried. Fade. 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 They have not, they have not they have not cast him yet, so I'm leaving that to open to see how that goes. The Fade Rotha supposed to be um, you know, very like an almost Kizat Sataract. Yeah, he's supposed to be the the father of the Kizat Sataract. No, no, until no. Yeah, he he's a an alternate bloodline, I think, is what they were saying. Yeah, that was the whole thing is they wanted uh Lee just gonna have a girl and then she she would marry him and then their child would have been the so it's a generation Yeah. It's a generation early. Because right. because plot. <laughs> and then because Lady Jessica liked her, it screwed everything up, but they still had technically the it still worked because but anyway, that's a whole other topic which we could spend hours talking on. So talking about any topic in dune yes uh so we're getting to let's since we're talking about this let's get to some of the more fun things about this now the settings personally i like the fact that we only see the beginning of uh duke uh leto on um cardon caladan Caladan. You see him on Caladan, the water planet, and they explain that it's all full of water and great, and that leads also to one of the greatest iconic lines in the book. Tell me of the of the waters of your home world, because it is such a such a um opposite of what Arrakis is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell and me leads, of your And I like that at one point, um I think it's Duncan is saying that we need to our men don't have a our men don't have a home here. We need to make sure that they have a home here because they, they don't connect to it as they did to Caladan. Mm-hmm. And that's a great element to it. I love the, that juxtaposition of it feels almost home. It feels almost like it's not their home. And even uh, Lady Jessica, she takes her time to like, she doesn't drink from the still suit until like she, the last minute because she's trying to hesitate that whole, I don't want to, this isn't home. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go somewhere else. And then when she resigns herself to it, like she's drinking, and but that's a whole that whole sequence in the desert when they lose the the pack, and that's a whole like necessity at that point. Mm. I'm rambling, okay. <laughs> but like I like I like the design of the world. I think it's a very well done uh, world. Um, I am kind of curious as to why they didn't really get into the. Uh, the one guild more than they did in the movies. They do in the TV show. They do, but, uh, the space guild. About, or are you talking about the Bene Felix? Uh, is it the Bene Felix? Uh, 
So the Spacing Guild is separate from the Bene Thielacs. Yeah, no, I'm thinking that's the Spacing Guild. Like, they didn't really get too far into that. Like, it's just they're very mysterious in the first book. Oh, well, they completely lay the Spacing Guild bare in, in other books. Okay. Like, they completely, like, you know exactly <laughs> what they have to do in order to achieve what they do. Gotcha. And actually, in the even beyond that, in one of the the upcoming books, um, I think it, they're actually eliminated completely in the far, far future. They're not even around. Yeah, this takes place. This timeline is very insane. How long it is? It's a cool. It's a cool timeline because it's taking place in. This is like Vampire Hunter D level timeline where it's six digits. I think. They, I'm not sure, but I mean, they, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson wrap it up. Um, I don't know how many books later <laughs> with original characters. Hooray. Like, and you don't, and how they achieve that, you just have to find out. <laughs> you you do have to find out. But, I'm um, excited. That. But you what you mentioned Duncan, you were asking me about Duncan. Yes. So one of my favorite, so two fair characters from the series, from the book are you have Lady Jessica, who she is told she is the mother of Paul Atreides, uh, Benny Gesserit future, um, great grand matriarch, but she's more importantly, she is the mother of Paul and Alia, and she's a concubine of the Duke who never gets, uh, he, uh, he is, she is his person. She's the love of his life, but he never marries her. And, nope. and more importantly than that, throughout the book, you see Paul become more than what he is. When Ali is born, um, she is, she, Alia is very, um, without going too, the Benny Jesuit call her an abomination because due to complications, she's more than what she seems. But, Lady Jessica stays the same. Now with um, Duncan, Duncan isn't Duncan Idaho. I love that name. I love that he is the swordsman for House Atreides, and he's also the point man for the Fremen in them. And he lives with them for a while, and then you see him at one point completely drunk on spice beer. Yeah. Well, so uh, Duncan and Gurney Halleck are both refugees from um house harkonnen they were once residents of gidi prime the planet that house harkonnen rules so they're both suffered at the hands of the harkonnens hopefully i'm getting this right with duncan for gurney i know for sure though um but from what i'm trying to recall <laughs> from some of the the prequel books um they they kind of took Duncan in a, as a kid and they sent him off for swordmaster training. So he's a swordmaster and he's specially trained in basically all weapons. He's a master of all weapons. So that's the difference between him and Gurney. Gurney's kind of like a street fighter. I mean, he's brutal and efficient, but he's more street and Duncan is formerly trained. So that's why they choose him to be the point man. Um, let's see, but you asked, 
you asked in this about book, he uh, dies, but he's a yeah. major character later on. They say a bunch of things. I'm like, wait, he died. Yeah. He no, dies a, early on. Yeah, he's he's a major, more than you know, major, 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 major character. <laughs> like, Duncan is the end. And he's, he the end. and he's a theme throughout all the original books. Now, now this he's makes... A, He's, a, he's in every single book of the original series. Just to give you an idea of how integral he is. And he's involved with the clincher at uh, one of the last prequel books I read by uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, this is making me very, very... Um, now I am getting very intrigued by this and making you want to delve further into this world i am you should give doom messiah a try because really that book is so much better written i think i might give it a try but i'm gonna have to take a break on dune i think because my brain is and i for those of you who've listened to the podcast for a while i read a lot you know i read a lot you've seen if you've seen pictures of when i do the videos i have my bookshelf behind with all my stuff so i read most of these books i love collecting books um if i worked at barnes and nobles i'd probably piss away most of my money on books uh greta would not be happy with that not at all mm. or, or she'd want me to spend more i don't know but <laughs> Point is that I love books and I read books fast. This is one of the few books that it took me. And like you said, maybe it's because the first book he's still learning how to get his groove together. And when he gets his groove together, it fits. But that early part still kind of makes me nervous about the next book. So I may take a little break and then hopefully come back to it. Oh well, yeah, take but, a break, but definitely give it a shot. I think I I, I I may give it a shot in a bit because also we may be for the game for game on uh, Zan the future gaming pop podcast for this we're replacing the spark game review with that um we may be getting the new dune imperium game <laughs> oh, yeah. i want to play that should be kind of fun and and insane playing the different houses and fighting each other as I'll opposed play, to the... I'll, play, I'll play on skype you can pull cards for me i trust you oh uh, yeah well they put the on um a board game uh the board game uh, website, they have the original Dune game, but that game is, like, you're invested. You're, it's a six-hour game. I see a kitty. There is. There are two <laughs> kitties. Uh, <laughs> yes. Mine's over so, here. Oh, that's a good kitty. Ethan, he's a fat lump. But a lovable one. Yes. Um, so, going back to the book, but we get, now we're done picking that last, uh, second thing, our least favorite characters from the book. Um, for me, the character that pulled the least amount of weight that was a major character, not a minor character that killed immediately. Um, it's kind of hard because part of me really, really wants to hate on um, Doctor Yui, but mm-hmm. he was not bad. His his whole like his whole reasoning made sense, but it's like he betrayed his conditioning just for this one moment and he doesn't even get his revenge. So it's almost, uh, it's a poetic irony for that. Um, and Raban is just like, even though Harkonnen hates Raban so much, Raban is his, is Harkonnen. He is so horrific. I mean, he's dumb as a brick, but he's, he's horrific. Yeah. He's definitely not a, 
an intriguing character. He's not a likable or intriguing character. But I mean, what about the emperor? The emperor is pretty much a, a big dumbass. <laughs> the the emperor is uh, Shadam the fifth, fourth. Uh, but anyway, the Potash Emperor, he's just a guy who's like, I don't like you because you did better than me. And in the miniseries, I like that he says, don't ever make the boss, uh, don't become more popular than the boss unless you're going to sack the boss. I love <laughs> that statement because that's true about this is that, you know, the whole reason for this is that the Emperor was just jealous that he got more popular with the um, Landsrum. <laughs> with Landstrad. Yeah. So, uh, it just... No, I think um, the Padishah Emperor is probably my least favorite character from the book. If I had to pick one. Because yeah. at least the Beast Ravon, he has a part to play. And he's a, de- a very divisive character. Yeah, he isn't... And actually, um... when I the book not to not to interrupt you but it, just because i just remembered this i really hated uh the reverend mother helen moham gaius when i first read the book yeah she's until when at first i hated her but then i remember what you said and i looked into that when the curse of the harkening and then i'm like okay she's kind of a sympathetic character <laughs> a little bit she is but she's she wants to maintain the order. Yeah, and that blows up in her face wonderfully. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing which I will say about this book, which is which is set up for so many future books in, in different series, is the fact that this series is a, a great epic story, similar to Lord of the Rings, similar to, you can even dare say, Harry Potter, but this came first. But the thing that they do that so many series have never done is it's... The good guy wins, but he's not the good guy. He ends up setting into motion essentially the destruction of everything because he's like, I'm now the emperor. But now the Fremen, because they believe me so much, they're going to create their jihad. I wasn't able to stop the jihad. Uh, Well, um, so it, it kind of that that whole thing with Paul becoming emperor kind of evolves into like, they're taking that path uh, to save humanity from extinction. So even though, even though it seems awful and and pointless, but I mean, you get into that very quickly in the next couple of books. Yeah. Well, so then that means I may have to read the books. Um, Yeah. Like, That's why I was saying how much am I allowed to say because there's just, there is a lot. It's a very divisive world and it's kind of hard to just focus on this one book without going all over the place. But focusing on this book itself, it's a decent book. It's, it's got so much potential to it. The world, the universe is amazing, but as a book itself, because for our so getting into the ratings, we're using actually the same ratings we use for the manga review, except we're actually using the updated highest ranking, which is now just really, really, really fucking cool. What are you doing? Read this now. And I, I got to say, um, on the one hand, this says this universe is amazing and I want to go back and delve into it. And I'm really intrigued to check out all the other elements of it. But going from a book form format... 
it's really difficult to it's really hard to engage in because it does come off longoquint. It's very long-winded and it is a little boring at first, especially where it's like get to the point, get to the point and those the cool hi this is from Princess Aruna and it's like Irul- here's Irulan and it's her little moments and they're kind of boring and they like some make sense like it's like oh when the dude when um uh when muadib talks about when he he left um arakin this is what happened it's like okay this is kind of do you remember that's what i was saying though about the little blurbs like they get a little bit much they should have been like yeah these should have been released at the end of the book or in like one whole thing. I hate that it's like a, here, we're going to break the tension to do this. I don't know. I think it's interesting that, you know, they it really creates an immersive world, you know, creating this history and books and all kinds of different things that reference this time period or that time period. I mean, they're, they're definitely very purposeful quotes. That's why... You know, I, I try to read them all, but again, you know, for me, I just want to get on with what's going on in the story. I don't want to have to sit and read every single damn one. <laughs> exactly. They, you want to just get onto it and it's kind of, but, but, but they have a purpose though. They do. They do. And they do have points, which make sense, especially when they talk about, um, when they get into in the second part, uh, Muadib, when he, they're trekking through the desert where they meet the Fremen when he meets, um, I want to pronounce it right, Stilgar. Yeah, you got it. And you I can't it. remember his, his, I can't remember his, his tribe's name. It, it's, it's like Sitch, Sitch Tabir. Sitch Tabar, I think is how they pronounce it. Sitch Tabar. Yeah, but it's that, like that whole, like when all the elements there was, it flowed so well. And that's where. It, it it made a purpose and then but like I said I have to so I'm going through this I'm reading it I'm thinking about this and here's where I'm going to stand my point um, out of our rating system for the uh, Spyrokin book collection this first edition where we're talking about the different books um, I'm going to have to give this a, um, a a higher than usual gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel the series, the, the concept would have gotten a definite ball from a friend or or really, really, really fucking cool. But the book itself, because of the disjointed nature, I have to give it a gift from a crazy Aunt Muriel. So it's a conditional. You know, I wouldn't even give this book the highest rating that we have, only because it's really not for everyone. I mean, yeah. it's impossible. I think it's impossible for some people to get into. It really is. Um, Frank Herbert is really an author where, you know, you love him or you hate him with very many, with many people. So, I mean, it's worth the read, but it's very de- polarizing. That's, that's the key. It's polarizing. Mm. I, you know, I hate to say it's a gift from your crazy aunt Muriel. Don't we have a rating in between that? Really, really, really fucking cool. Borrow from a friend. Oh, okay. Borrow from a friend. Yes, that would be my rating for Dune. So you're going to give it a borrow from a friend? Okay. So my yeah, thing is, if I can respect that. And like I said, this is conditional. If you're going to read it straight through, like if you had to break it down, the three books in the, in the book, um, the, uh, Muadib and Dune are, are um, 
giving me crazy at Muriel. When it gets to, I think it's Messiah, but Messiah's the next book. But is it? It is the Prophet. When it gets to the Prophet, that is a borrow from a friend. Mm. Okay. Because that's the point when it makes sense. But the first two, it's you have to get to it, and that's what I'm going to um, say for that. I think it's a good rating. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think so. And it's fun to talk about this. And when the movie comes out, definitely will. When it comes out, we'll we'll definitely have we'll definitely talk about this again. It's see how you it know, goes. We do a live stream viewing if we could possibly like watch it at the same time and like record reactions with well, me. Yeah, I know it's... It would be really funny. Also, because it's not going to be in theaters because HBO Max. Oh, excellent! And I have HBO Max. Uh, we'll see how that goes if if the lust is going through. But so let's um, actually get to the coolest part of all, the newest thing. Because in every single podcast for Spirekin.com, we have different randomizers. Our most popular is that one, that only. The wheel. The wheel of manga. The Except wheel of books. <laughs> no, I thought about that. The wheel of books would have been fun, but it seems old hat. For the movie review, we have that one, that only, the dodecahedron of movies. Kind of cool, not bad. For the uh, for the game review, what we use is we actually use a really dumb gimmick, <laughs> which is we end up just flipping through a book like, and it has names in it. That's our answer for that. So this one, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do this? Well, simple, easy. We're using the deck of books. This is a mm-hmm. deck of cards that are all blank. Each one of them has a title on it. So I'm gonna shuffle. And when Mason tells me to stop, I, I'm going to stop. And then you tell me a number, and that's the card I will pick. Okay. So I'm shuffling. Stop. Stopped? Okay. Yep. Here are the cards. Ooh, I really should not be using a Sharpie next time. <laughs> oh, um, I'll pick... You know, okay. So in honor of Dune, and because I'm kind of a geek, I'm going to say card seven, because seven is the number of spiritual enlightenment. The seventh card, so for the second installment of the bookshelf, I'll be reviewing... Is this a Jane Austen book? I'm going to laugh. What is it? What I pick? Is it dumb? It is something horrible. It is something really atrocious. Not dumb. <laughs> it could be a genius. <laughs> And you called it, it, and Greta will be so happy that I get to read the, um, I think it's the third work by her, or fourth work. Uh, Greta, Mansfield Park, which one is it? Number. Give her number. What what number was it? In the chronologically, what book was it? (laughs) Ah, so it's early on, it's before Pride and Prejudice. But yes, so Mansfield Park is the next one we're gonna I'm gonna be reading. Joy of joys. Actually, it might be good. I'm not. I'm not hating on Pride and Prejudice, even though I hated it for a long time. Finally, reading I, it, I'm actually appreciating it. I actually really wanted to read Emma, but I'll take a crack at Mansfield Park. Could be kind Mansfield of fun. Park was after Pride and ah, so it was written before it, and I might get a couple people. So what we're so so what we're gonna do with the podcast is we're gonna get a bunch of people involved. And talking about it, so this should be pretty cool. Like, have a group group conversation on this. Mansfield Park will be fun. Mm. Do Jane Austen fans have a, a nickname? 
No, they're just Jane Austen fans. They are too. They are too good for such things. Even though they are all Dar- Darcy fans, they all want to go to Pemberley, and they're not <laughs> like Miss or they're not like Mister Hurst, who is actually Miss. In the fact, it's 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 kind of messed up that I realized that he is Mister. Uh, not Darcy. It's Bennett. Um, what is uh, he is Caroline? He, he is Caroline Bingley's brother-in-law. <laughs> it's not a Bingley. They're not Bingleys, and they're not um, that, that, uh, the one who's a jerk. Um, the one who talks worse than um, Frank Herbert. Uh, what is his name? Um, <laughs> who's the one that? Uh, what? Being the soldier? No, 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 no. He's the one that's that's oh, no, the no. cousin. I know what you're talking about, but she Mr. she'll know enough. Mr. Collins, I remember now. Right. Mr. Yes, Collins, yes. yes. So they're not Collinsites, but we'll see how that goes. I'm excited for this. It's going to be a little fun. And um, beforehand, some of the comments we got when I asked about this, which we have to read some comments before we're done. Um, here are what people thought about. Frank Herbert's Dune and what they said. Um, first off, a lot of people are saying that Dune is the bee's knees. It's one of the best books I've ever read. One person said, I couldn't read it because it made me want to go to sleep. One person said, my favorite part is the dinner sequence when everyone is saying secret messages to each other and no one notices. In that scene, you knew what they were saying, but it was that led to Paul saying something stupid. And then it was like, wait, you insulted me. How dare you? He's like, no, 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 no. It's all good. Um, a lot of people are saying the same thing. They love the fact that whenever you read it, you pick up new things every single time. Um, contributor to the podcast, Alexander Huffman, said, nothing I could think of to change it. It's not for everyone, but it can be for many people who love older science fiction, not for younger sci-fi fans. Uh, one person, uh, Jose Rodriguez, he said, and I quote, um, Baron Harkonnen is arguably the best villain of all time. Really? I'm intrigued to hear your reasons why. I see him as high up there. As a, as a fictional villain, he's high? But I don't think he's the worst. Mm, I don't, yeah. I don't... I could see how somebody would say that. I mean, he is quite epic in his villainy, but I actually think he lacks depth. I th- even with the background they told him about, he's still, there's stuff missing with him. He's not, like, his reasons for wanting to be a villain are tr- purely selfish, makes sense. And they're bettering his family, which is his his good. But he doesn't seem like the best, vi- like, the villain who's a hero in his own mind. Harkonnen doesn't seem like that. He seems like, Harkonnen seems like he's like, I am doing this for me. Ha ha. It's like, there's no, I'm a hero in my own mind. It's just me, me, me. We're good. And I hate those people. So I'm going to fuck them over. That's it. There's no, go on. No, I was just going to say, when I think of good villains, I think of villains like Moriarty, not villains like Baron Harkonnen. Like in his depravity, he is, quite villainous but i think like i was saying before he just lacks depth there's the motivators just aren't there he's I agree kind of more like john juan from um as you like it have you do you know the reference yeah you know, I know the reference at least you know because it cannot be denied that i am a plain dealing villain or something along those lines 
Yeah. He's just bad because he likes being bad, and that's it. But the depravity level is um, is really interesting and really uh, new compared to anything else that was written back then. I think it was. It was. It was very. I don't want to say he's he's a progenitor for a lot of villains, but he is. He he brought about the villains who are more indulgent in that in in evil. They like revel in it. But he, like you said, he's not going to be a Moriarty. He's not even going to beat a Darth Vader. Who Darth Vader is still one of the best villains <laughs> of all time. Star Wars fan and as as old as your as Wolf is definitely going to say he is a great villain because he is the hero in his own story, and that's oh one of the best God. parts about it. I can't even talk about Star Wars anymore. Um, I mean, we could also bring in Perotus. She was okay. a she was a great villain. And apparently they're remaking that. Are they? And we're getting the light novels. Hmm. Uh, they're going to be supposedly they're going to be picked up by J Novel Club, so that should be cool because they're releasing the Slayers light novels, they're releasing the Lost Universe light novels, and the Record of Lotus light novels. I, I, so I you actually get them with actual books. I have to rebuy that. Uh, it got wrecked. Yeah, uh, the they re-released it. I think it was released by um, Discotech. I think I could find I could find out. But um, Slayers and the other two sci-fi series are all on Crunchyroll and Funimation right now. Well, they have the new series of uh, Slayers, the last season, right. <laughs> which I is season six. I always wish they um, did more with the the sorcerers and Carla of uh, Record of Lotus War. <clears throat> But anyway, yeah. anyway. <laughs> I st- I'm so surprised that no one talks about the fact, and this is getting anime geeky fans, um, that Record of Lotus is also in the same universe as uh, Rune Soldier Louie. And they talk about Carla is mentioned in it. And then, of really? course, Carla does show up in the sequel series, which is not as good as the original, let's be honest. Having the Berserker as the main character. Do you want to know something? I own that series. I bought it because I was such a fan of Lotus and I never, I've never finished it. It's bad. It's really, it's not that great. No, no, it's, it's, it's one of the, one of the worst, uh, sword and sorcery series out there. Um, what is the new one that, or that I'm reading? There's like the, the current sword and sorcery series I'm reading, which is actually on the list is, uh, Roka, uh, uh, brave of the six flowers. That one is cool. It's very, it's similar to Lotus Wars because they're all archetypes. And I'm excited to see where it goes because it is a very mysterious series. Because the whole thing is that in the fondest and past, six heroes came together to defeat an evil big bad. And every hundred years, the six uh, characters are reincarnated and they fight the big bad. And this generation, the big, it is the time for the big bad. A bunch of characters have showed up with the mark of the heroes, and there's seven. One okay. of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Who is the fake? Right. So that's pretty cool. But that's one that's that's fun that I think that you would like. And again, it's always I miss I miss uh, hanging out and talking about all these really cool geeky things, and also. Two of our movies that we that we love talking about have never come up on the Dodecahedron of movies. Wait, which one? It's like 
But of course. Oh, no. Crow? Or that is has it not a... come up. Both. Ah. <laughs> Both have never come up. So they'd be fun to talk about. We will talk about that. Um, but yeah, if you're interested. But for, so everyone for next time, um, I think that's it. Uh, we could talk about many more things. And, uh, but Mason and I will catch up for a little bit. Uh, thank you guys for listening. So as usual, I'm Zan. I'm Mason. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. And keep reading books. See you in a month. Bye-bye.